Well, thank you, team, for that. And I want to wish you all at home a Merry Christmas. Uh, If you are anything like me, uh, then you just love this time of year, don't you? The time where we get together with friends and family and gather around to catch up on all of the things that have passed in this last year. It's a chance to reminisce and to look at old photos of one another. In fact, uh, this photo up here is one of me when I was about six years old, and I'm the one with the pouty face here, and then my brother smiling with my baby sister right there. And all morning, I've been trying to figure out, like, if I was angry because I didn't get the Christmas present I wanted, or if this was the 6,000th picture uh, that my mom took because she was that kind of mom. Now, when it comes to even when we're far away from each other, right, like we're afar, like friends and family and relatives, like we still connect during this season. This is the season that we pick up phone calls and, and make those calls where we write the letters and do the almighty Christmas card. It's the Christmas season that brings around like the special memories and special times where we step back and we evaluate like where we've been in life, the things that have changed, the things that haven't in our lives and in ourselves. And for many of us, when it comes to Christmas, there's this nostalgia that comes with it where we think of like simpler times, times when we were children, when we were safe and secure, times where, you know, the greatest stress that we had, the greatest worry that we had was whether or not we would watch the 24-hour marathon of Christmas Story. And even (laughs) though we've seen that movie like a thousand times, most of us probably, we still kind of chuckle every time we see the leg lamp in the mirror. (laughs) And when it comes to Christmas, there's really this like nostalgia that surrounds it. And maybe part of tonight is that for you. That maybe this is part of your family tradition where we gather together, where we sing Christmas carols, where you hear the reading of Luke chapter 2, where you gather around to light candles and to hear the peaceful song of silent nights. But what if tonight on this Christmas Eve, something completely out of the ordinary happened? Like, like what if all of a sudden, what if all of a sudden that you were to see God this Christmas season? What if you were to actually see God? What would you expect? For some of you, I imagine that you're sitting there and you're going, man, I'm not sure that I actually believe in God. Like, I'm not sure that God actually exists, so I don't know that I would actually ever see anything because God doesn't really exist. For some of you, maybe you're sitting at home and you're saying, I believe in a God, but I don't know what that God looks like. And so even if that God showed up, I wouldn't know if he was in front of me. For most of you, I imagine that you believe in the Christian God, that you believe in the God of the Bible, but, but maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm not sure that God would actually show up for me. I mean, I'm just kind of ordinary. I'm just kind of regular. I'm just kind of normal. That as long as there's been people, this question's been pondered. That we open up the scriptures, particularly into the Old Testament, and we see these famous guys like Moses and Elijah and Joshua, where they get this like fleeting glimpse of God, where they actually got to see God. But very rarely, if ever, do we see like normal people actually getting to see God. And so we walk through like the, the Old Testament, and we read about these teachings and these prophecies of this one that was called the Messiah, the Chosen One. And for thousands upon thousands of years, the the Jewish people had this expectation that the Messiah would come. And what they believed with the Messiah is that when the Messiah finally arrived, it would be like this special moment in time where God would reveal himself to regular, normal, ordinary people. Like they would actually get to see God. Like they would really get to see God. And when they thought about it, They begin to dream of of what it is that they would actually see when God arrived, when the Messiah came. And so many of them thought that that when the Messiah arrived, that he would come as like this person of power with political cloud and financial means and, 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 
And that as he arrived, that he would have like the charisma to lead people. Like really what they wanted was someone who would deliver them from the oppressors that they faced in their life. That they were looking for a king. They were looking for royalty. That's who they were, they were looking for. And it only makes sense, doesn't it? That they would look for someone who would bring Israel back to like the glory days of, of King David and King Solomon. And, and as we think about that and we think about God, it's like, yeah, maybe they were right. That when God arrived, this powerful, almighty being arrives on earth in this, in this form of the Messiah, certainly he would come with power. Certainly he would become come ready to lead. And so we see in the, the Israelites and the Jewish people that, that as they gathered together, as they, as they thought about who this God would be, they would say, if I was to see God, this is what I would expect. This is what I would want in God. And so here we are some 2,000 years later. And my question is, is, if you actually got to see God, if you actually got to see God, why would you want to see him? What difference would it make in your life? Why, why would it be that you would want to see him? And maybe for you, there's some comfort in seeing God and that comfort would lead you to a place where you would go, you know what, like, like I know if I saw God that, that I would know that there was just something bigger in this world, that there would be something just more than, than, than just living in this impersonal place, living and dying. Or maybe for you, that if you were to see God, then you would know that your life has purpose, more purpose than simply just making money and, and trying to survive in this life. Maybe for you, it's, it's been a season of heartache, for many, it has this entire year. And to see God would signal to you that he cares, that he notices, that he knows your name and knows what's going on in your life. Or maybe for you, to see God, that you would want to see God, because there's this like hole in your soul that nothing in this world has yet to satisfy. See, beyond the nostalgia, Christmas brings questions, doesn't it? Like, is there a God? And if there is a God, what would he be like? And if he actually did show up, what would I expect? What would I want from him? So we rewind to all the way to the first Christmas. And the people get to see God, but not the God that they expected. And maybe that's where you're tonight, here tonight. Is that you see God, but maybe it's just not the God that you thought. See, if you were there on that very first Christmas then you, like many people, would have probably missed it. That you would have missed seeing God come into this world because it was truthfully just so ordinary. It was so normal. There wasn't anything really special about it. That as we look at the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we see that, that while the people expected God to come as, as someone who was rich, he actually came into poverty. That the Jewish person for thousands upon thousands of years expected God to, become, to come into this world with power and they got a baby lying in a manger. That many people expected royalty and they got a peasant. For so many people, they missed God because they never expected to see God in a stable alongside animals. See, this is the story of Christmas is that you should expect to see God but maybe not the way that you thought you would. See, wherever you're at in life tonight, wherever you find yourself, you can find God. 
And when I say that, I'm not talking about like some God somewhere out there or some like abstract thought that we have that, that where we think about or ponder or pray to this, to this abstract being out there somewhere in times of need. But, but the way that the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said it is Emmanuel. And that's just a Hebrew word that means God is with us, that God's with us. See, the purpose of the incarnation, and that word incarnation is just a churchy word word that describes God like dwelling in the flesh, like deity in human form. That the whole purpose of the incarnation was so that we would have relationship with God. That in Jesus, the indescribable and, and unapproachable God becomes a human being who can be known and loved and through faith, like we actually get the opportunity to know this love. And if we were being honest with ourselves, like this probably doesn't stun us as much as it should. Like when we open up the pages of scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, like when we open up those pages, we see that when God draws near, that it's not like this good times and and glad times and, and full of joy, like it is full of fear and terror. Like Abraham sees, sees God as this like smoky furnace. God comes to Job as a tornado. Like the people of Israel saw God as this pillar of fire. Like this wasn't joy. This was terror. In fact, we told, we're told of a story in Exodus where Moses actually gets to go up to a high mountain. And he's speaking to God. And as he's speaking to God, he actually asks to see God's face. And God looks at Moses and he says, Moses, if you were to see my face, like you would die. Like the best that you can do, Moses, is to kind of like stand on the outskirts and see my back as I pass by quickly. And so Moses takes him up on the opportunity and and he's looking at at God's back as God flashes before him. And as he comes down the mountain, Moses is like shining, like his whole body is shining. The Old Testament calls it the Shekinah glory. And he's shining so much so that the people cannot even look upon Moses' face. Like he has to veil himself because of the shine that's coming off him. The glory of this indescribable, high, amazing, unapproachable God. So can you imagine then? If Moses were present today and he were to hear the message of Christmas, namely that God came in the flesh to dwell among us, that in Jesus, that that we have seen his glory, that in Jesus we see the glory of God, like Moses would lose his mind. Like he would cry out to us and he goes, do you realize what this means? Like this is the very thing that I was denied in my life, that this means that through Jesus that you can actually know God. You can actually know God personally. You can actually have relationship with God, that he can come into your life. Do you realize what's going on? Like where's your joy? Where's your amazement? Like this should drive our entire life. See, when God showed up in Jesus, oh man, for Moses to know the Christmas story, See, when God shows up in Jesus, he doesn't come as this like pillar of fire. He doesn't come as a a tornado, a whirlwind, a firestorm. He He doesn't come in all of these ways that we see him in the Old Testament. He doesn't even come as a king. He comes as a baby. And there's nothing quite like a baby, is there? Like even little kids can kind of like wander off and and wander away from you and don't listen to what you say, but a baby... You hold a baby, you you cuddle a baby, you snuggle a baby, you kiss and you hug a baby. And the baby's completely open to it. They cling to you. And the question that we have to ponder is, is why did God, choosing to come as anything that he could come, why did he come as a baby rather than a firestorm or a windstorm? It's because of this. 
on Christmas, God came not to bring judgments, but to bear your judgment. That on this Christmas, God came not to bring judgment, but to bear your judgment. That God came to die for your sins, to take away the barrier between humanity and God, between you and God, so that you could be with him forever, so that I could be with him forever. See, Jesus is God with us. And this could be what is so significant about Christmas this year for you. See, the seeds of Christmas are really the seeds of life. And in the Christmas story, we find peace, and we find hope and joy and love, and we find resurrection. And maybe like most, that you look around this life and it's just chaos everywhere. Maybe, maybe you feel like chaos. God is near you in every part of your life. And that's the power of the Christmas story. And so as I wrap this up, I want to talk about maybe what's next. In just a few moments, we're, we're going to light our candles and we're going to sing Silent Night with people all around the globe. Millions upon millions of people. We'll declare with our candles that Jesus is the light of the world, that God came into darkness to be lights. And then after that, maybe you have a family celebration to get to or maybe a dinner to be a part of. Tomorrow morning will be a wonderful, wonderful morning. If you have kids at home, little ones, you'll see with excitement as they open up their gifts, it'll be a great time. God will be near there. But my question isn't so much for today or tomorrow morning. But what about the rest of your life? What about every day after that? Because see, the story of Christmas is that God didn't just draw near on one night some 2,000 years ago, but that God draws near every day and every night. In the very highs and in the very lows, God is near. And so as we close this tonight, if you want to know about the Savior, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the one that God revealed himself to, to normal, regular, everyday people like you and me, then I would invite you simply to text the word Jesus to the number 720-513-1933. And even this week, we'll get in contact with you to tell you what it looks like and to show you what it is to walk with Jesus as your Savior. I want to close in prayer before we light the candles and sing Silent Night. Will you bow with me? Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, giving you thanks for sending your son Jesus into this world. And Father, as we step back and think about your son coming, about you dwelling among us in human form, Lord, we remember the baby. Lord, remember the, the life that you've given that would one day grow Lord, showing what it is to be light in the darkness. And then ultimately, Lord, that baby growing to become a man who dies on a cross so that we might have life, that the barrier between us and you would be torn down so that we could be in relationship with you, that you would be known and loved and we would know what it means to be loved. And so tonight, Lord, as we remember back some 2,000 years ago on that silent night, God, I pray that your peace would overwhelm us this evening. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you're at home, 
and uh, want to join with us in the lighting of candles, I'd encourage you uh, to grab your candle now. That this is the night that we end the Advent season. That as Advent comes around in December, we celebrate with candles the opportunity of peace and joy and hope and love. And on Christmas Eve, we have the Christ candle. And we light our candles from the Christ candle, demonstrating the life and the light that is in us. And so we sing together.